Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. We're so excited that you've taken the time to listen to this episode, the 2022 450 Supercross Preview. Before we jump into that, we've got Danica White, who uh, raced some arena cross this last weekend. We talked to her a little bit about that, and I'm so excited to bring her on to talk about the season, all the different storylines coming in. We go through a ton of different riders over this podcast, and I really hope that you enjoy it. First and foremost, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to these podcasts. I would not be making them if you guys wouldn't be listening to them. Um, as well as I want to thank Fox Racing Canada for standing behind me and doing all of these, as well as uh, Guts Racing uh, for all of that they do, as well as you guys know the collective experience is always behind us, Dave Drakes. This is one of the first times in a long time that he's not on uh, our 450 preview show, which is pretty wild to think of, uh, but we're definitely going to have him on to break down the 250s. So. Thanks for listening. Uh, really appreciate um, Kieran McCullough. You're listening, man. I uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Same thing with James Dahlman. Uh, and of course, we made sure that the uh, the episode is past the 52-minute mark for one Sean Wedge, who is a world's champion in the sport of motocross. So uh, enjoy this podcast, guys, and uh, let me know what you think uh, by hitting me up on the direct messages on Instagram or uh, just keep your comments to yourself. Thanks. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast. This is episode 830 of the Big MX Radio Podcast, and this, of course, a very big episode for us every single year, the 2022 450 Supercross Preview Show. I am your host, Brad Gephardt. I'm on all of these podcasts. But coming on with me for the very first time on a Supercross preview, she's been on the podcast before, she's a repeat offender, and backed by popular demand, mainly because I like talking to her so much, Danica White. Danica, how's it going? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I can tell that you're smiling ear to ear on the other side of this phone, and I, I can't wait to dive into this. Uh, it, 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 like Christmas is literally at the end of this week, but our eyes are focused just a little bit further to uh, to when everybody heads south. Everyone just converges down on Southern California, where uh, where the Supercross series, that's where it's supposed to start. Last year in Houston, didn't quite feel like a, a, the proper way to start the season and all that. We're back to how we things are uh, things used to be. Uh, rather than having to get COVID tests to go to the races, you can just show your vaccination card if you so chose, or you can just get tested uh, and, and you can pop yourself into the races no problem. I'm excited for it. I know you're heading down. You're going to get some throttle therapy down there. Uh, let's crack this thing wide open, girl. For sure, yeah. I can't believe Christmas is coming up this weekend and then A1 right after that. And yeah, I'm riding a high after being at the LRX Arena Cross in Brooks this past weekend. So I apologize ahead of time if I cough or I'm just popping lozenges the whole time right now. Just I don't think I've ever eaten so much exhaust fumes and dust in three days. But man, it was amazing weekend. Hold the phone. So you're saying that you got throttle therapy here in Canada in the dead of winter. Literally today is the first day of winter. And not two days ago, you were uh, uh, in the friendly confines of, I would imagine, is, is, it, is it a hockey rink there? So it was actually a uh, horse riding arena. That's so it right. was the Silver Sage uh, Community Corral in Brooks, Alberta. So yeah, it was actually a beautiful facility, like real washrooms which every <laughs> mx racer really appreciates when you see it's something a rarity like that. yeah yeah that's awesome so like so tell tell me about finding out about this event and just jumping in both feet arena cross not something that you've spent a lot of, a long time doing in, in the past in fact i think it was uh maybe the first one you've done on a big bike Totally. Yeah. So I've never done arena cross ever before in my life. And I'm like trying to pump up everyone to come do it. And then I show up there and I'm like, oh man, like, what did I get myself into? But it was so rad. I would say like the feeling of arena cross is almost like, like pump track riding. Like we have an indoor bike park in Calgary and ride like dirt jumps and BMXs there beeline. And like that prepped me so much for that. Like that helped a lot, but yeah, how it came about is it's a LRX Performance Alberta Arena Cross, and then it was presented by Blackfoot Motorsports and BFD Moto. 
And LRX Performance is Paul Lavoy, and some might know him, like he builds high performance motors, has a CNC for like porting heads and stuff, dyno for tuning. He's the he's the madman behind like the Sky Racing team winning some nationals with Piccolo. Like he did some motors for them. So that's kind of Paul's side of it. And then Charlie Johnson from the Wild Rose track was the one that like built the track and got all like that side of it sorted. So those two guys really spearheaded it. And then ADRA came in and they helped you like online sign up and track side results, like live timing, that type of thing. So yeah, it was kind of like a mixture and got over 600 entries for both days for racers. So it was just amazing to see like, like racing as well and amazing still even in the middle winter for sure in canada absolute anytime that you can uh, roll the bikes out of the trailer and uh and bang bars with your best friends um that you got to capitalize on that opportunity and and like like correct me if i'm wrong here neeks but like wherever you choose to put the knobbies in the dirt. I don't mean to like, just blow smoke up your ass the entire podcast, but first of all, you bring the noise, and I feel like you really do bring the party. Like there's, there's, I'll, I'll, like everyone around always seems to be like really excited that you've showed up to these events, and um, and it's always a really good time. Like obviously, motocross races is a fun place to be, regardless. And there's been plenty of races that I've been to that you have not been, and those are still a good time, but. Whenever you're posting pictures, whenever you're posting uh, stuff from all the events that you go to, is uh, whether you're, uh, you're you're racing electric bikes over in Europe or you're going down to California, uh, as you will be in a couple of weeks' time, or out to uh, an arena cross uh, in the uh, friendly confines of the province of Alberta, you're uh, you're 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 bringing uh, positivity wherever you happen to go. Oh yeah, no, that's super nice you say that. I like, I can't take all the credit. The moto community is just amazing. Like even over the weekend, just like meeting new riders, seeing riders that I haven't seen since, since the fall. And then riders from like all over, like there was even one guy that drove from Montreal for the race. We had riders from up North come in and just like the kids were all so rad. Like they're slapping high fives with their friends at like intermission when like there was just like a couple of hiccups with timing so there was some delays there there's like kids playing on the jumps throwing each other off the jumps like it was just so cool to see that like that com- camaraderie between everyone like it, at the end of the day we're riding dirt bikes right so like you just can't beat it so being minus 25 outside and we have all these riders trying to stay warm and we're racing like it was yeah it's it's always amazing. Any any day on your bike is a good day. Hey, amen to that. So, h- how did the racing go for you? Uh, how, how was uh, get, getting uh, uh, accustomed to the the, the confines of a, of a tight racing scene like that? Uh, I saw that you had some uh, less than perfectly installed numbers on your bike, but still the number twenty five <laughs> looking strong. Yeah, so actually, yeah, so I got to ride a new bike because I'll be on Husqvarna for the 2022 year. So I'm so stoked about that. So I rode an FD350. It was my first time on it. We had it all set up. So it worked great. Uh, yeah, definitely M7 is going to be doing up a graphic kit. That was just like my janky number system for the weekend. And um, yeah, it was weird because the dirt, it was super interesting. They had to haul in like a certain to spec for horse riding. It was like a mix called like dirty sand and like anyone that's ever rode Kuya Creek, it's like kind of like that. It's like okay. sandy kind of like shale clay. So it was actually a lot looser than like what I would assume most arena cross tracks would be. And it didn't really like, like it chewed out quite a bit. So the ladies class was after the pro lights class. So it got pretty chewed. So sometimes like going into the jump section, you couldn't really tell what, face side was best so yeah that was pretty interesting but the track was like pretty darn safe for all levels but then like the pros could really push its limits and then in like the ladies class it it would have been uh just probably like eight riders um myself and then Shelby Turner was there and dude she was hauling like passed me on a sight lap in the whoops like I was going still I was just like man like her setup on that KTM is so wicked but she raced uh, intermediate and then got landed on. Like there was like a huge pile up. So yeah, she had to 
miss the rest of the weekend. But yeah, she definitely would have won if she was out there. <laughs> no doubt, it's it, it looked like an awesome time, and and, uh, and best wishes to uh, to Shelby. I hope that she's feeling better. Um, what about uh, Harley Lawson? This girl that I've been seeing popping up all the time on my Instagram feed. Uh, I think I do follow her actually. Uh, she's a little bit of an up and comer. Like, wh what do you know about this girl? Oh yeah, Harley's rad. Like we ride all the time at the track together, and she comes up to all the surf and berms events and helps girls out. And she just turned fifteen. She's on at eighty five, and she's pretty much like all in right now. And she has a sister that races with her as well too. I think she's like two years younger, Reese and. They're a wicked family, and yeah, Harley's Harley's a savage, so she's definitely going to be coming for me soon. I let her know that. I was like, oh, I can't wait till you're kicking my butt. So yeah, she's definitely one to look out for. Already faster than me, no doubt. That's a bummer. Um, <laughs> but great, great that you were able to go out to that, and uh, and not only representing the brands that you uh, that you work with, but also uh, getting out there and twisting the throttle yourself. Um, any uh, any more of those events sort of uh, on the on the horizon for you, or uh, once you get back from California, it's sort of just like set the uh, set the egg timer on when the snow's going to be gone, and you can go back to Wild Rose and uh, spin some laps. For sure, yeah. Nothing really in the works for me. Um, it would be great to see if, like, the LRX Arena Cross comes back for either spring or fall next year. There's the Future West Series that happens, like, in Chilliwack area, so I think those are starting in January. I don't know if I'm going to be hitting those, but, yeah, I definitely, like, set up the 350 and ride at the track, and, yeah, we'll just winter ride for the next little bit for sure. There you go. Get into that Canadian motocross hibernations that we know so well. Um, well, uh, what better to watch while you're hibernating than uh, than 450 Supercross? We were going to do a 250 West, but we're going to wait until the Wednesday prior to that series kicking off so that we can actually properly do that because right now all we would be doing is just complete speculation. Um, but uh, we're going to throw it to commercial break right now. When we come back, me and Danica White are going to break down the 450 class for the 2022 Supercross season monster energy style we'll be right back honor yesterday conquer today invent tomorrow since 1974 fox racing has been setting the standard on and off the track styles that turn heads and outperform the competition outfit the whole family today at foxracing.ca and we're back Big MX Radio Podcast. You're still here with yours, your, yours truly, the host, Brad Gebhardt, with us on the line, of course. Danica White over in uh, in Cowtown, out there in Calgary. How are you, how are you doing over there, uh, Danica? We're doing good. We got a Chinook right now, so we're only like minus two, and I guess we're going to be like with Winchell minus 41 this weekend. So yeah, definitely got to get out of town and start driving to California to go to A1. <laughs> yeah, it's time to get out of Dodge. And for those who are not familiar with the uh, the Calgary weather, you'll get everything um, and the kitchen sink in December. You'll get minus two, you'll get plus two, you'll also get minus 42. Um, so, and it, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, more just extremes over here in Manitoba, where I'm from, a little bit further to the east, basically uh, six hours north of uh, Minneapolis. We're just getting blistering cold. Uh, thankfully, my truck has uh, remote start, so that it'll start in the morning, warm up a little bit for us. Uh, and I, too, plan on uh, making a little bit of a venture going south um, for the winter, uh, for, for a couple of weekends here uh, as uh, Supercross kicks off. So... Um, Danica, I, we, we talked about it, uh, before we hit record on this thing. Uh, everyone's got their own ways of how they'd like to, uh, sort of, uh, tackle this class. The reality is there's way too many fast guys. Um, and, and, and just like, just to put them in buckets is, is a dangerous premise because all of a sudden you start starting forgetting about guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to comb through each manufacturer going through KTM, through the Gas Gas Husky brands. Then we're going to go over to the Japanese brands, Suzuki, Kawasaki, Honda, finishing off with Yamaha. I do that because basically we're going to start off with last year's champ in uh, in Cooper Webb, and we're going to finish off with his uh, maybe, the, maybe the, the odds-on favorite number one contender in Eli Tomac. So we're going to go tip to tail, and then we will 
discuss our uh, our championship contenders and and maybe a little bit of a pro- podium uh, prediction for the top three in points. Are you ready? I'm ready for sure. She was born ready, ladies and gentlemen. So let's crack this thing wide open. Let's get this thing started with the KTM, factory KTM, uh, the Red Bull team. These guys are amazing. They've been so competitive for so long, whether it's Ryan Dungey, Marvin Muscan, and uh, and then obviously you get Cooper Webb who jumps over there. He wins the 2019 title, doesn't defend it in 2020, then comes back with a vengeance. And in a in a COVID year where everything was all topsy-turvy, there was one constant, is that Cooper Webb brought the speed damn near every weekend. He didn't have too many off days um, and, uh, and proving that he can still get it done indoors. Uh, Cooper Webb is your defending champion. He's now training on his own. Uh, honestly, Danica, the only thing that I can really see that might hold, hold uh, Cooper back a little bit uh, this year being that he's going to be on a brand new motorcycle, a motorcycle that doesn't have a lot of replacement parts, a lot of uh, motorcycle that has they haven't raced on an East Coast Supercross track or a West Coast Supercross track. I'm sure they do a fantastic job of being able to sort of replicate some conditions out there, but the reality is you won't know what Anaheim 1 feels like on that bike until you're racing it on Anaheim one so I ask you what is your what is your take on the defending champion Cooper Webb yeah for sure I know it's definitely one of those things with the new bike and the Austrian bikes are getting that update with like gas gas with not having a factory edition it's not going to get the update but yeah it's yeah you don't know what to change and yeah it'll be interesting to see them on there it could either be like a blessing and the new bike is amazing or they're just trying to get that set up just right but yeah, Cooper Webb, he's definitely a racer's racer. Like, he turns it on when it counts. Uh, same thing, like, he can look rough and qualifying and then just, like, totally turns the night around. Like, I would hate racing this guy because he is just, like, a shark in the water on blood. Like, he just, like, hunts them down, wears them out. Like, yeah, <laughs> that would be, like, something that I'd hate. And, and he's also, yeah, leaving Baker's factory. So it'll be interesting to see, like, how his – his training program goes and if he's going to be slacking or if he's going to be even training harder, like maybe he'll be better at his own pace. Right. So it will really, really be very interesting to see because um, obviously you, you know, those guys always surround themselves with some, some really like top notch advisors and people who uh, can give them advice at the same time, the guy's been training for the sport of motocross. I believe this will be his, eighth full year as a professional um so like training for motocross not something new he knows his body he knows how much work needs to be put in um the only thing that really it really comes down to with Alden I find is it's the accountability and, and the periodization of breaking up uh of, of your your training schedule and stuff like that so I don't know that uh um He's going to have everything going for him that way, but maybe this is a good change. Maybe this is something that uh, that unlocks something in Cooper Webb um, that uh, that he's that he he needs to be able to, to defend this title. Honestly, like uh, like not to completely change the subject, but in in the like the topic of Alden Baker, I think this might be the first time in a long time that he's not working with like any like most of the guys he's working with are not typically considered to be like championship contender guys like if i think of um guys like marvin muskan and uh, is, is not or Marv, marv's not there anymore but uh sure, it's like malcolm stewart's going there Ma- so, yeah, malcolm like, stewart but like malcolm's yeah, best finish to date Anderson? i think is a, sorry i feel like there's one other there's one other guy going there Another that was pretty like interesting yeah I honestly like this. This might be the uh, like not to, to bag bag on Alden at all, but this might be one of his like kind of um, the weakest rosters that he's uh, that he's been helping. Which which is which honestly like if if uh, if the um, if the training program is is worth its salt, then he should still be able to uh, pr- produce some some pretty uh, head turning. Uh, performances out there uh but yeah malcolm stewart basically being the leader of that camp and i I don't even know if i'd put him in the like top three guys on a ktm slash gas 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 slash husky like uh i guess he'd he'd sort of slot in there um in maybe just in behind aaron plessinger 
Uh, for but, sure, uh, yeah. Nat Charles is going to Baker's. Yeah, who? I totally forgot. Yeah, Plessinger is going to Baker's. That's right. With, yeah. Oh, again, those guys are good buddies. So, and uh, they they both obviously used to train with Swanee. So um, that like there'll be a good some good connections there. Um, but yeah, let's, let's like like before we get get off of uh, uh, Cooper Webb. Um, what do you project from this guy? If, if, if the, if the training is where it needs to be and the bike is where it needs to be, um, Cooper Webb is obviously a race winner for you. Um, like, do you think he's going to have a, a fast start? Do you think it's going to take a few races to warm up? Uh, what do you expect from Cooper Webb? Yeah, it's tough. Like, if he comes out swinging, it'll definitely be, like, bad news for everyone else. Like, if his confidence starts flowing, then, yeah, everyone's going to have to watch out. I I don't know. Like, I would say for sure, like, he's in my top five pick, but it's hard to say if he's just going to come out for the win right away. Like, could be, like, cold off the start and then just start, like, biting away at it. Like, he's definitely just always there, and he's just always hanging off everyone. So, I would – I don't know. I'm maybe not for the win – right off the bat but yeah he's definitely going to be right right in the mix for for the podium for sure certainly i, I think that uh historically cooper's needed a few rounds to sort of uh get warmed up and i think actually the first time that we actually saw him really contend on a 450 period was at oakland which i, I think is a, is a track that he'd be sort of uh, uh like from like not familiar with because they change all the time but the soil and just the like the how soft that that oakland usually is that's only round two so that that actually might uh, kind of expedite that uh, that learning curve for Coop and get him at the front of the pack nice and early. So what, what's your take now? Let's move over to Marvin Muscan, the elder statesman, the, the only constant really over the last five, six years uh, with, with KTM on that Red Bull team is uh, he, like he's, he's going into a one-year extension. It's Supercross only. He, need, he knows he only needs to do 17 rounds. He's working with David Villeman, who uh, obviously like, they're, they're good friends. He knows a lot about fitness, lot, knows, knows a lot about technique on the motorcycle. Um, but uh, and time will tell if that turns itself into uh, a, a championship contending season for Marvin. We haven't really seen that for the last couple of years. Obviously, we saw a race win from Marvin last year. I think that was a bit of an anomaly. Um, but uh, what do you what do you think uh, for for Marvin Muscat? Is this sort of a last hurrah for the Frenchman who has, uh, for the most part, just been the the thorn in the side of a lot of contenders throughout his 450 career, or is uh, Marvin going to make some noise on his way out? I know it's crazy. Yeah, with him, like I think it was the second last round that he won. Like he finished the season pretty strong, so he could come out like on fire for 2022. And yeah, like with him, with rumblings, hearing that he might hang it all up and sail into retirement, and then also this one year deal coming out. Like I really hope it's his last hurrah, like Cinderella story type thing. Like it would be great to see him have an amazing year and yeah training with dv like it seems like obviously that works just horrendous so it could be like a really good setup that he has going and he definitely has all the pieces to have a successful season a uh, new bike might play a factor either good or bad so i guess yeah now is time to be less of a nice guy and get in there and yeah fight for that win that he like he obviously can be there right on top box for sure, I, I I don't think you're gonna find a more technically sound rider in the 450 class. Uh, maybe not. Maybe if he's lacking anywhere, it's just a little bit of that aggression. That's just not his uh, sort of um, demeanor and his temperament. But uh, uh, poke the bear, and you uh, you you might not uh, like the results there. Uh, so. Obviously, time will tell. I, I'm expecting some uh, some consistent top five finishes. I expect podiums out of Marvin, and I'm even going to chalk him up for a win this year. I, I think he can get it done, especially if he's uh, if he's uh, jiving with that new bike. Uh, if that if that's a hurdle for him, if that's holding him back, I, I have seen him in the past uh, really be sort of uh, derailed by some bike issues. So um, if that's playing on him, I, I'm going to take that win away. But uh, that's still yet to be seen. Let's uh, let's. Let's, let's wrap up the uh, the factory KTM team with uh, one of their newest members. He was announced pretty late, the number seven of Aaron Plessinger. Uh, we talked about him a little early. He's, he's working with Alden Baker. Uh, brand new motorcycle for him. He's on KTM for the first time since he was on uh, on, on Super Minis. So uh, safe to say it's 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 a very different motorcycle than he, what he remembers. Uh, last time he was on Orange, but... Um, uh, fresh start 
Um, obviously, it was going to be a change regardless of which bike he was going to. Um, do you think this is a lateral move for uh, for Aaron Plessinger, or is it a step up? I don't know. I think it'll be like a step up for him. Like it seems like always like a new team, especially like a Red Bull KTM thing. Like that sounds like a great platform for anyone to move to. He looks pretty comfortable on the Austrian bike. And like, obviously like Plessinger is like one of those personalities that's just great for the sport. And I was kind of nervous when I heard the change that like, Oh, like, is he still going to be like that Aaron that you see when you like his personality shines through? Cause that's kind of when he does the best. Right. And then after his KTM launch video, I was like, Oh man, like, that's great. Like if they let his personality shine through, like it's just like a mixture of a great team with like a great model for the sport. So yeah, I think he'll have a great year. He's not in like my top five picks, which is like crazy to say, but yeah, he's definitely going to be pushing for race wins for sure. Like, absolutely. I I think it really comes down to starts for Aaron. He hasn't historically gotten great starts. Um, And in these, these main events, like yeah, they're twenty laps, but uh, like the if you're not up front early, there's so many fast guys to try and pass, and and and, and historically he just hasn't had those starts. Um, so that's I think the the main reason why I wouldn't put uh, Aaron in my top five. Um, like he's he's gonna have like even if honestly if, if it was just Team KTM going out there for a moto, uh, like I think that that's about. Like I'd still probably put him third. So like, there's only like two other guys got to beat him before he's already outside the uh, top five for the whole class. Uh, a couple of guys I want to touch on. A couple of teams. Um, Benny Bloss on uh, Team Tedder. Um, like a cent- not really a privateer effort. He's gonna have a full team behind him, but obviously a big change of scenery compared to what he was used to. Uh, and then also his old team with uh, with Max Anstey, Joey Savacci, and. Um, and Shane McArath, all of those guys are all on KTM's uh, various levels of support. Um, but out of those four guys, who do you sort of expect the most out of? I kind of lean towards Joey Savacci, but it might be Shane McArath, who is, uh, has shown good finishes in the 450 class on a 350 in the past, as well as uh, he, he's, he's led the points almost every single year he's raced in the 250 class. For sure. Yeah. Out of those guys, I would go with Joey. Like I I know he's been working hard just to be on a ride in the last year. Right. So yeah, definitely that would be the guy at the top of the list for those four. Like he seems like he's in the mix when, when he's out there and having a good race and yeah, it's crazy just to think like how many names would probably come before that. But yeah, that would be like my go-to would be Sabachi for sure. Sabachi, the 17 year program Pro- probably could have had a should have had a, a supercross title in there somewhere i think he lost by two points to webb and uh and, and obviously right at the end there uh gets it gets it ripped away by uh, by zacco uh that one year as well let's stay on ktms but let's move over to the gas gas manufacturer and as you mentioned earlier not a new motorcycle for Je- for justin barsha which might just be the, the best like the biggest feather in his cap rolling into this next season you as well as i know when you get used to a motorcycle when you become sort of one with it we know that uh barsha has that next level ability to basically throw the bike around anywhere he might want to uh but when you're extra familiar with it you've got the extra parts uh in fact he'd probably have full run at all available parts that were available for uh, team ktm and the husky stuff as far as works uh works parts he's the only one on that uh, out of that one rig on a 450 so he's only gonna have one teammate per per uh uh, per coast, uh, so every every race is just going to be him and one other guy. I think that uh, that's a perfect scenario for Justin Barsha. But what are your thoughts? What like this guy is he's he's not he's not a spring chicken anymore. Turned pro in two thousand and nine, so we're going on thirteen full years of uh, of Supercross action. He's got a couple of two fifty titles under his belt, uh, and he's going for that fourth Anaheim one in a row. I know. Yeah, how can you not choose a guy when he's won the last three opening rounds, right? So. He's definitely going to have the most confidence going into round one. And, and you know, like confidence going into the first round, that is going to be huge. So, yeah, it's hard not to put your bet on him. Like, yeah, after the last three. The bike thing definitely could go both ways, though. Like, the old bike, that's amazing. They got the parts. They could have the testing. But is the new bike going to be that much better? And is that going to be a hindrance to him? Like, I think he's comfortable on the bike that he's on. So that's definitely going to be a, a win on his side. And then, yeah, they could maybe test and 
get the Kings worked out with that new bike and then eventually he'll be there. So yeah, I definitely think he's going to grab a couple wins. It's hard not to put his name down for, for a one. Right. So yeah, it, it'll be great to see Barsha out there. I, I, I'm going to like, I'm going to sound like a broken record here and say that I expect uh, Justin Barsha's best finish of the year to be in the first three races of the year uh, there will be uh, a, a, a time in the year where he's kind of like did, like the race like it'll be Monday before you realize what position he got, um, which is a bummer for me. Like he just some, some sometimes he just goes kind of like MIA in the middle of the season, and then uh, at one point he'll probably yell at someone during practice. Well, he'll he'll yell at Marv at at, at a one during practice, but um, those guys <laughs> like to get together, but. Uh, yeah, either way, I, I think that, uh, um, like J- Justin Barsha sort of is what he is at this point. Like, obviously like he still has the ability to win a race here and there. Uh, I don't uh, j- necessarily consider him a, a title contender, but I, uh, he's just that, like, he's that little bit of like cayenne pepper that you throw into a recipe just to add some kick. Um, and, and he, he continuously always delivers on that. So you got to love him for that. For sure, yeah, a little bam bam, right? <laughs> I love that little bit of bam bam. So let, let we gotta round out all those Husky teams and KTM teams uh, with the Husqvarna team, which is looking a lot different uh, these days. You got Dean Wilson, who uh, like he's been he's been at this as long as as anybody in this class. Uh, in fact, I think if if it's either him or yeah, I think he might like the the oldest guy of these guys that we're going to talk about are on a factory team. Uh, I think he's only a couple of years old, uh, younger than I am. Uh, Dean Wilson, uh, as well as Malcolm Stewart, the, the newbie and, and racing, uh, 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 Austrian manufacturer, uh, for the first time since racing the 250 class for, uh, for team J star KTM back in the day. Um, a third team, I think in four years, for uh for Malcolm Stewart he's been bouncing around a little bit he's obviously with JGR for a while he had his own Suzuki deal then he was with uh, Moto Concepts for a couple of years Star Racing and now he lands at uh at Rockstar Husky uh obviously he'll still be head to toe in seven uh with the Garnet boots but everything else about his program will be different um my question to you is the bike gonna make it what's gonna make a bigger change in his results the bike or the training yeah, I know that's that's the tough part because yeah, training at Baker's factory for sure could go two weeks two ways for him, right? Like leanest, meanest Malcolm, or like burnt out of the serious. I think the cool thing is him and Dean like definitely have a good like demeanor. Like they're both great for the sport. They're like outgoing, always happy, like upbeat. Like they kind of seem like they would maybe feed off each other on that. Uh, the bike, like I'm stoked to see Malcolm on a Husky. Like it'll be pretty cool to see him out there so yeah I definitely think the bike would be the the main thing the training definitely is kind of the interesting side of it yeah I, I would definitely want to see it go the better way because yeah I love Malcolm like he's such a great guy to have out there so yeah I hope it's only only good for him he's definitely been a bit like quiet this off season so maybe that means that there's a lot of work being put in so it'll be yeah he'll come out swinging for anyone for sure Definitely, what one of my favorite things about having Malcolm out there is say what you will. Like he's he is not his brother, but there's certain things he does that are very James like, like the the way he hits the whoops, some of like just the cornering technique, the way he keeps his head over the handlebars. They're very James ish. And anything that can bring a little bit more of James Stewart back to the professional racing ranks is good with me. So uh, uh, maybe some increased fitness um, will will allow for some of those uh, podium performances. And uh, I I would love to see it. The guy guy works hard. He's got great style on the bike. And he's a great character to follow. So uh, out of these two guys, I definitely give the edge to Malcolm. I think that he's sort of... uh, like he he's not the youngest guy in the world himself, but I think he's definitely still in the prime of his career. And uh, and and Dean Wilson, although like hey, I I like 
JC Sykes is probably going to listen to this podcast. So I can't say a single mean thing about that about uh, Dean, uh, but. Um, I, I think that uh, obviously he's going to do a great job with his social. He's going to uh, put in some solid results. Um, I, I hope for Dean's sake that he's got a season to write home about, but uh, I don't have him. Uh, I don't have him consistently in uh, in my top. Honestly, I don't have him uh, consistently in my top ten. Uh, he's going to be fighting it out for that like nine, ten, eleven spot all winter long. Dude, I know. Yeah, I only hope the best for Dean and like with these like crazy injuries and. Man, just a clean year for him. Like, he definitely has the talent and can put it in there. So, yeah, so maybe Malcolm and him will just feed off that and be in that be in that top five. But, yeah, I, yeah, I don't have him in my top ten, which sounds crazy, right? Like, he definitely can be right there. He, like, he could even be battling for race wins. So, I really hope he comes in swinging for A1. For sure. Like, honestly, the, there was a time when we t- that we once talked about uh, the the epic battles between Dean Wilson and Eli Tomac, like those were those guys both raced two fifties together. Uh, Dean coming out uh, the year prior, then uh, actually two years prior than uh, Eli, um, but they battled like tooth and nail for a couple of Supercross championships. Uh, Eli obviously coming out on the on the winning end of those, and um, but uh, those battles were were fierce, and it, it's been a long time since Dean uh, was. Was uh, latching onto the 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 rear uh, the tail section of uh, Eli Tomac's motorcycle, but uh, hopefully it's a great season for him. Um, for sure. Let's move over to the Japanese manufacturers, uh, starting uh, with um, Suzuki. Uh, I was gonna get those guys out of the way quick because. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say I don't even think I have them in my top eleven. Like, yeah, that's wild, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry, Suzuki. We love you. You guys keep kicking it, but uh, professional Supercross is not your thing right now. I, like between between the roster and the mo- and the and the motorcycle, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be some tough sledding. Uh, not that they don't have uh, a great team there. Uh, you got uh, Dustin Pipes putting the absolute best team he can together. Uh, obviously, his roster takes a hit with Max Dancy leaving over to the uh, RMA TV MCKTM team. Uh, but he mo- he he loses one guy uh, with it with the uh, with a permanent number to actually. Uh, I think does Max Dancy have a personal? I don't know if he has a permanent number. He might. Either way, uh, to uh, you bring in a former uh, 250 Supercross champion. Justin Bogle, the 19-year program, and uh, number one as far as uh, style walking into the races, unless I'm there, obviously. Um, but uh, Justin Bogle is basically the the ride or die for Suzuki right now. Uh, he he can consistently put it in main events. Uh, he might find himself in a few LCQs here and there, but for the most part, the kid can get it done. Um, like uh, obviously, you just mentioned he's like, the whole team isn't in your top top 10 but uh I'll, I'll ask you this out of these three guys you've got you've got bogle heart ramp and the seven double deuce seven deuce deuce is going to do his thing uh it's going to be tough for him to make mains at the beginning of the year although sometimes he usually squeaks one in there brandon heart ramp uh definitely needs to improve on a 450 super cross wise but for these three guys what would you say would be a successful season for them oh yeah that's yeah it's crazy like just if all three of them make it into the mains like every night, I think that would be super successful. Like it's awesome to see Bogle going onto the twisted T machine. So I think he'll definitely have the upper hand and like help these guys carry it into there. But yeah, I would say if all three of them can make it into the mains each each time, like that would be that would be a huge win for them right there, right? So yeah, it's wild because you can list so many guys that are in top 10 and then all of a sudden you're going into huge names that are not even round out the 11th to 16th right so yeah I would say Bogle would definitely have the upper hand in in this one for sure yeah no I I think that uh Bogle's the the team captain for sure I think for him if he's consistently battling for that like 11 through 11 through 15 spot uh, he's not getting beaten by any privateers whatsoever, although there will definitely be a night when somehow Kyle Chisholm gets the better of him. That'll just happen. Uh, but uh, that would be a good uh, good, good season for uh, for Justin and, and Heart Ramp. You just want to see him kind of take that step, next step forward and, and, and be in every single main event. Um, 
moving from Suzuki to the Kawasaki, the, the green machines, uh, these guys are going to be coming out swinging. Obviously, uh, there has been a little bit of word uh, about one of them having a, a little bit of a mishap about a week ago. Adam Cincerullo, um, like seems like injuries have just plagued his whole entire career. He was able to get an outdoor championship. Um, and he's, he's yet to win a Supercross, but it's got to come this year. Honestly, I'm calling it right now. Adam Cincerullo will win a Monster Energy 450 Supercross main in 2022. Um, but uh, I don't like this the, this uh, shoulder injury, uh, Danica. Honestly, that, that kind of bums me out. Shoulders are a tough thing to come back from. Uh, you, you're not going to have full strength in, in, the, uh, in the joint, this, that, and the other thing. Um, but uh, tell me why Adam Cianciarolo is going to have a better season than Jason Anderson. Ah, uh, man. Yeah, we definitely need more riders like AC, right? Like, it's crazy that he hasn't got his first Supercross win. But, yeah, his speed is definitely there. Uh, yeah, with the injury, I didn't even know about this. So it, it's kind of one of those things that you'd want to see him kick off the season with good results and get that momentum and confidence rolling and then, then you just chew it apart, right? Like if he can start it off strong, then he would have a great 2022. But yeah, hopefully the injury isn't anything major and he does come out swinging because yeah, AC would be like my guy. Like that's who I want to win. Him and Roxon would be like my, my two top that I would want to see definitely go with for that number one. Oh, we'll get to the red, the red guys right away here, but yeah, uh, exactly. I know, right? <laughs> oh, they're coming. They're, we're we're getting some some seriously heavy hitters coming down the stretch here. Adam Seens Rolo, honestly, on raw talent and speed, you're not going to find another guy in the class that maybe has, um, like more of both of those things. If you're asking me who has the most amount of consistency, it's not him, which is a problem. Uh, but hopefully he, he figures that out. Uh, one guy who is ridiculously consistent but has been un, unfortunately not consistently at the top step of the podium uh, for the last three years is Jason Anderson. And the last time we saw uh, Jason Anderson win a Supercross was over three years ago. And it's kind of crazy to think that he hasn't won since he wrapped up his 2018 title. Um, like, I don't, I personally don't expect a, a step forward uh, for, for Jason on the Cowie. Maybe you can disagree with me here. Um, but um, I, what I can say is that he looks good on that green machine, honestly. Like, I, I was surprised how just how comfortable he looked on that bike right away. Yeah, so gnarly going to see him on the green machine. Yeah, he looks good. And yeah, it's crazy because I think he's left the only team he's been with since turning pro, which, like, that's a pretty big deal, whether that's going to be like a really good thing for him or if it's just going to be a change on his end, right? So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he's going to be all in like he was in 2018 right so yeah no it's this is uh like this is a kind of a, a put up or shut up season for jason i think that he uh um he like it's it's that whole you haven't won since you won the title is like i don't know if it really kind of plays on him but i think he probably just wants to, to shut some people up so maybe that's enough of a motivation for for jay to uh to, to make, uh, make some serious changes. Um, For sure. Yeah, I would say he would be like a consistent like third to six, but... Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's going to be podium yeah. guy. He's going to drive sure. guys like Eli Tomac nuts. Um, and yeah. I'll also say this. What's the what's the over-under on him and Dylan Friend is getting into it at some point? <laughs> yeah, probably pretty good. Yeah, no, I, th I think that's a, that, that's a, a sure bet. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see what that uh, dynamic is. Like, it's, it's honestly, it's a weird sort of, it's a weird dynamic of the team because, like, Jason is the championship winner, um, and like kind of the elder statesman on the team. But Adam is maybe the more speed and talent, but he hasn't won anything yet. Like, who? who it's kind of difficult to really determine who leads that team. Yeah, it might have like an interesting dynamic like out on the track, right? For sure, for sure. I think and like obviously like we know that a lot of these like teammates they don't really like hang out much or this that and the other thing. But either way, um, I, I I just think that's a it's an interesting uh, dynamic between those two guys. Before we move over to the Honda team, we're gonna get to the red guys right away. Can't move on without mentioning the return 
of Justin Hill. Like, the Hill brothers get all kinds of publicity every time they race anything, including electric bikes uh, uh, every once in a while. Um, but uh, this is a really interesting thing, because you got like a, a Canadian-based team in Team PRMX backing Justin Hill, who, uh, for all intents and purposes, has not enjoyed a lot of success on a 450, even in Supercross. Obviously, people talk about the Tampa Supercross from, I think that was 2018, but that's a long-ass time ago now. Um, and it was only really a couple of laps and, and a quad that no one was doing. Um, so, like, I really don't know what to expect from the guy. What would you say is, like, an absolute ceiling for Justin? Like, like almost, like, impossible odds, would you say? Is it, like... Uh, like races all the races. Yeah, I would hope. Yeah, I would hope just like healthy for the full, the full series, right? So not making LTQs and stuff like straight to the main. So yeah, staying healthy the whole time and not, yeah, getting into each round. I think would be would be a win right there, right? Honestly, I I totally agree. I think if Justin Hill can race seventeen rounds and consistently do battle with Dean Wilson or Shane McElrath, I think that's an extremely successful year. Oh, for sure. Yeah, kind of that, like, 11th to 16th place would, like, yeah. I could see him, like, floating around in there. But, yeah, just don't make any LTQs and get kicked out. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I could see him pissing off Justin sure. Brayton left, right, and center. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is that is a that is a dollar student guarantee. So let's flip things over to uh, the big red machine, Factory Honda, HRC, as it's affectionately known. Uh, they've got maybe two, like maybe, of any one team, I think they might have the strongest. Even though there's only two guys on the team, you're not going to see a lot of chinks in that armor. And like just as far as speed, style, and everything else in between. You've got Chase Sexton, who's the up-and-comer. He's, he's, like, he's got the... He's got, he's big. He's strong. He looks good on a 450. He led laps last year. It seemed like the, like he just always kind of had these like small crashes that ended up dealing with some injuries that he could sort of race with. He was never at 100% through Supercross last year. Uh, he's won races outdoors. I think he gets some wins this year. I think honestly, um, him and him and. Uh, him and uh, Ken Roxon can make some serious noise for Honda this year. In fact, could could very well be both of those guys be championship contenders on a CRF 450 that to this day has yet to win a Supercross championship. Yes, they won a uh, yes with Ricky Carmichael back in 2003, but that was uh, 03 title. Yeah, 03 title. Um, but that was on a two-stroke. And uh, they haven't. The Honda has not won the Premier Class uh, Championship since. Um, Ken Roxon obviously led led the the, the the class a lot last year. Um, but let's kick this off with uh, with Chase Sexton. Do you expect this kid to take the next step and, and keep pace with Roxon all winter? Oh, I hope so. Like, dude, he looked like a UFC fighter after five rounds last season, right? Like, oh. he's got, like, the most flawless riding style, always standing, flowing. He's got that low, like, RPM ride. Insanely fast when he's on it. He's had, like, great qualifying times, great heat races. But, like, yeah, maybe that's that pushing too hard and just, like, those crazy spectacular crashes. So, yeah, if he can keep it on two wheels and maybe just not – push it to that point that he thinks he has to push it yeah for sure he like who wouldn't want to see this guy have a race win so yeah he he can be right there I haven't set as like my middle of a class type guy but he's definitely gonna like like how how can he not get a win right away right so yeah he's just gotta yeah keep it on two wheels for sure I agree I think that um Chase Sexton is either going to get a ra a win in the first three races or the last three races of this series. I don't know why. Don't like. I have not a whole lot of rhyme or reason as to my prediction there, but that's what I'm calling for for Chase Sexton. Now let's let's talk about the 94. Ken Roxon, uh, like unfortunately had a championship sort of unravel on him uh, last year. He he won a, a number of races early in the year, uh, and then for the rest for the back half of the season and, and a lot of the late in the season, it was a lot of just big question marks. Like the like 
what what's up with Ken, this, that, and the other thing. And, and he basically at some point had to sort of like change his, uh, his focus to outdoors, um, which he was also successful uh, racing as outdoors as well. Um, but what I'm really looking for from uh, from Ken this this winter is a complete season, a season where you see speed at the beginning, speed in the middle, and speed at the end. I want to see I want to see Supercross wins throughout the championship. I think he's capable of it. I I can pencil him in for for three to five wins, and I don't think that's crazy. I think he can totally get it done. Do you agree or disagree? For sure. Like, like you said, like if he avoids those crashes and those like uh, races, like at the tail end, he could have the red plates, right? Like he's right there for both titles in 2021. He scored more points than anyone else in 2021. When you combine both supercross and outdoors, which doesn't mean anything, but like he's there. If he just grand national champion. I know. Yeah. Like that's definitely like him or Adam are the ones that I'd want to see up top. So maybe like swaying their opinion right there but <laughs> yeah he's definitely a guy that i want to see on that top box and he definitely he has it like yeah just no crashes and clean clean season he definitely can have the red plates for sure oh there you go we, we can we can play a little bit of favoritism around here like we obviously we can cheer for some people because uh yeah but uh, it's yeah it's those my, are my fox boys How yeah it's not, uh right? it's th- this uh uh this podcast is, of course, a Fox Racing Canada product uh, owned and operated. But no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Fox Racing, uh, and also, if if anyone's doing some last minute Christmas shopping, uh, Fox Racing is is the place to do. Would you not agree, Danica? Yeah, exactly. You got to get that lit kit for Christmas. Everyone's got to look good in the middle of winter. Like, hundred uh, percent. You 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 <laughs> will not be disappointed on Christmas morning if you have something from Fox Racing under the tree. I can guarantee that. Uh, and Santa yeah, it was just literally sure. <laughs> Roxon and AC going like going back and forth. Supercross wins all winter long. Like I'm not mad at that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not that'd even be, that'd mad. Be sick. And, and like uh, both Beaker and Austin Hoover would be over the moon with me saying that as well. Um, <laughs> so honestly, like I, I think that uh, Ken Roxon definitely give him a nod on the Honda team. Uh, but let's go blue. And uh, two guys, one guy coming off the the outdoor championship, of which he battled with Eli Tomac. That's Dylan Ferrandis in his sophomore season on a 450. He's uh, the 14 in your program. He's going to be uh, a thorn in everybody's side because he just likes to go fast. Doesn't doesn't read the backs of jerseys. Just go. Just like sticks it in on absolutely anyone, including his teammate at some point this year. I guarantee it. But I still give the, uh, even though he's on a brand new motorcycle, he's not used to it. I honestly, I, I think that Eli Tomac is going to seriously take a step forward. In my opinion, I, th- I think he sees this as one last year where he can absolutely just get, like, just let it all out. Get the training, uh, like, locked in. He's got two kids now. That'll that'll be a bit of a distraction, but I think that sometimes stuff like that just motivates somebody to get the best out of you. I want, I'd like to hope for that from Eli Tomac, and uh, um, and I, I think that he definitely is going to lead that Yamaha team. Um, Dylan Ferrandez, um, we we saw some speed in in Supercross last year. We also saw saw some really difficult starts. In fact, both these guys have had uh, trouble with starts over the years. Um, and, and if that persists for Ferrandis, he does not have the same ability as Eli Tomac to come through the field. Uh, so that's definitely why I put Tomac a little bit of a step ahead, especially obviously he's got that Supercross Championship 2020 to, to, uh, uh, to go to battle with as well. But uh, what's your take on these two guys? I, I predict at some point they butt heads as teammates. I think that's a given just with how fast they both are. Um but uh, coming out of the stables, I think that it's Tomac. Yeah, for sure. Like, these two guys aren't going to back down from each other, right? Uh, Tomac, when he's on, I would say he's the fastest guy, hands down, right? Like, if he's in his Tomac and he's on like he should be, he annihilates everyone. So, yeah, I think he's just got to work with that. And moving to the Monster Energy Star Racing for 2022, like, it'll be interesting to see if, like, this is where he feels comfortable. Like, it seems like, He's kind of always chasing something with bike setup, like no matter what brand he's on. And yeah, Brandis, like this guy is a savage. Yeah, won the outdoor title. So he's going to be coming into this 
like fire under his ass. Right. And he's super tenacious. He's not going to stop till the checkers fly. Like, I think that's why outdoors kind of suits him a bit better because he has the full 30 to wear these guys down where Supercross is so fast and he kind of can't wear these guys down as much as he can outdoors. So yeah, it'll be like those consistent starts that is going to help both these guys. For sure. I, I like if, if Eli has starts uh, in his back pocket, honestly, I, I'd say watch out because he can like, with a good start can basically he can run a right way with any race uh where dylan i think is there's two things that sort of are gonna um come in come in as a factor that may hold back a, a guy like dylan i think the starts are going to be difficult and there's not enough of a separator on a regular basis like he's not like it's not like he's like Stu or uh, malcolm or or even a, like eli who can just like go Mach 5 through the whoops and make up a quarter of a second every lap on somebody or, or, or like a second on everybody the way he could at outdoors where you just hold the throttle on harder going around the corners um, and you, you end up making up that time. Um, like you're caught in traffic in the middle of a Supercross main event. Like if you don't, if you're not able to make those passes quickly, um, you'll turn a eighth place start into a sixth place finish and, and you felt like you had a good race because like the guys up front, they're gone and, and, and things spread themselves out so evenly in the middle of the pack with everyone just doing, kind of doing their thing. Uh, it's going to prove very difficult for Dylan. And that's why I actually have him outside the top five. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, I got him in my top five. I was like, he has some crazy good rides coming through the pack. So I'm like, oh, this guy, yeah, he's going to be. He's going to be out there for sure. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Looking uh, like uh, uh, interested in your top five now then. So um, let, let's get straight into it then. We've we've literally gone through every manufacturer. Feels like it was f- like three weeks ago we were talking about Cooper Webb. It's, it's been that long of a show. <laughs> hundred riders later. hundred, yeah. Like literally, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think I counted off 18 that I'd, I'd, I'd sort of just had earmarked, including Mitchell Oldenburg and Justin Brayton. JB10, he's going to put in like an eighth place finish out of nowhere somebody and like, like – Get, makes one of these guys lose some sleep over it. Uh, same thing with Shane McElrath, by the way. Like Shane's going to get a great start one day and just get a fifth. Um, but yeah, there's like 18 of these guys, and there's only 22 spots at Anaheim 1, so someone's going to end up being pissed. Uh, like, like Literally, there's not a single guy on this list that we're looking at right now, this Word document that I the Google Doc that I started, that would be happy with an 18th place finish at Anaheim 1. Dude, I know. It's crazy. It's so good to see like this many fast guys going into the series right like if we were just talking about two guys seeing who's going to take the win and the rest is kind of like oh yeah I don't really know who this is like this is unreal like just to make a main event is a is a huge deal at this point right so props to anyone that's qualifying for this like they're they're all savages out there for sure no doubt like correction there are 22 names on this on this list so uh, and that did not include the Cade Clasons of the world, the Alex Rays of the world, uh, any of those guys, the Justin Starlings of the world that will definitely be there at the first rounds. Uh, yeah, this is that's literally 22 athletes on this Word document that I created that uh, none of which are going to be pumped to beat that far back in the main event. Uh, but uh, yeah. Let's let's just jump straight into this uh, top five prediction. Uh, I'm gonna go first so that you can just yeah. like make me look terrible and just like and you're just gonna have the correct uh, um, not only placement but prediction. I'm gonna go first to sort of break the ice here. I think that uh, this year is a year that he finally figures it out in Supercross uh, and, and gets a uh, gets a championship. Um, I think that it's going to be Ken Roxon out front early, often, and uh, and throughout the season. Uh, I think that's that's who my championship uh, call is right now. Uh, I think he's going to be followed closely, extremely closely, by Cooper Webb. With uh, uh, rounding out my top three is Eli Tomac with Adam Ciancerolo in the fourth place spot, and then I have Chase Sexton to round out my uh my podium and that's just how i feel about it so uh that's that's all my top five um it's there's a lot of young guys in there there's some experience in there as well i think all those guys are super fast if i had to switch out anybody 
Um, honestly, maybe switch out uh, Sexton for Anderson. But honestly, uh, if I if 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 you if you put those two guys on the track today, I think Chase gets the better of them. So uh, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, that's pretty crazy because it's not like, yeah, like we haven't talked about this before. So, yeah, my top five looking pretty much the same guys rambled up a bit. But I got Ken Roxon for that number one. You're going to see that red plate on the 94 for sure. Red got, plates on a Honda just looks good. I don't care. Oh, yeah. You can't beat that, right? And then Adam Cerullo for second spot. I think he's definitely going to get those his win. And he's going to be right there hanging off Ken. Cooper Webb for third, Eli Tomac in fourth on the on the blue machine, and then Ferrandez for fifth. He's gonna round out my top five also on Yamaha. Wow, just uh, it's uh, it's pretty pretty heavy on the on the Japanese manufacturers. Not giving a lot of KTM love, I guess I didn't really either. But um, cool to see actually very 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 interesting and I, i'm i'm excited for this i know you're gonna end up at a couple of rounds i'm i'm certainly going to uh to minneapolis uh literally my mission tonight is to figure out what's gonna happen with uh the anaheim one scenario i would love to be able to make that uh happen this year um but uh yeah i, I hear there's also uh some ex some extra exciting things happening for uh for the anaheim one that uh like you're gonna you're gonna be there you're gonna be bopping around for those who are listening that you're look, looking out for um uh, this super energetic blonde girl with a canadian accent bopping around you'll probably see danica but uh, i hear i hear there's something even <laughs> more um more special to uh for people to keep it up for oh yeah hell yeah so i'll be so i yeah work with fox canda in the marketing department so I'll be down there with Fox, so that's going to be super rad. We've got some exciting things happening, and yeah, stoked for that. And even super cool, we got a local girls racer that's going to be doing the KTM Juniors SX for A1. And I just found out she doesn't even know this. Like, obviously, she's super young, so I don't think she's going to be listening to the pod just yet. But she's getting surprised uh, Christmas morning with going to A1 for the junior race, and that's charlie long and yeah she comes over to calgary alberta she rides all the surf and berms events she's just this little savage on a 50 so it's gonna be so sick so yeah definitely definitely watch for her i'm excited to see her ripping around on the little 50 and surprise her at a1 for sure there you go and yeah i hats off to you for all of the awesome stuff that you've been doing with surf and berms like uh giving uh, an opportunity to to give back and, and spend some time with uh younger racers lots of awesome female racers that are like getting into it and finding their own place within this sport um and, and finding success and just um and honestly like i the your values of just having like that like just loving the sport and getting that throttle therapy and enjoying it is something that can is just infectious. So uh, I'm, I'm encouraged to see that you continue to uh, to do that. For sure. No, thanks. Yeah, I love the moto community and it's given me everything in my life like that that I'm at right now. And everyone like the best friends are made from two wheels. Right. So the more I can give back to that and have more people riding and enjoying that and man, riding is just like the best thing for mental health right now. And I know like it's hard to be stuck where everyone is right now. So yeah, just get out on your bike and ride, set up. If it's winter, drive somewhere warm, like go hang with your friends. Yeah. Just more people on bikes. Got to see it. Right. hundred percent. Uh, what is the, what is the coldest temperature that Danica White has, uh, has gone out and ridden in? <laughs> probably probably close to minus 20 but man i'm such a wimp like i'm cold before i'm even like out of the heated trailer like i've got like a timmy steak 12 of hot chocolate in the trailer like i am full prep so yeah no i suck in the cold weather i'll just go for a couple thick uh donuts in the snow and yeah i go warm up just so, to yeah, say no, you did it wimp when it comes yeah pretty much like man it's too cold you just go ride indoors fair enough oh yeah like it's just like there's there's been a lot of years even for skiing like I'd go out for like literally like it'd be so cold you're like yeah I'm going out for literally like two or three runs to say I wrote I I skied in 
minus 50 or whatever it is. And when people are going to hear that <laughs> yeah. number, that means nothing to them. There's ca- people who are going to listen to this from California that have that, that the number minus 50 doesn't mean a damn thing to them. So, uh, but, uh, we, we get to experience that on a regular basis and, uh, and good on you for, uh, for going out there every once in a while. But, uh, I really appreciate you making time for this. You said you were nervous prior to coming on the podcast. I don't know why, because every time you step up to the plate for the Big MX Radio podcast, girl, you absolutely knock it out of the goddamn park. Uh, and for that, I thank you for uh, for doing a great job as well as making the time, girl. Heck yeah, thanks so much. I got Captain Brad to lead us through the whole thing, so it works good. And thanks for having me. And everyone tune into A1 because it's going to be freaking good racing. You know it. Well, do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. All right, there you have it. The 2022 450 Supercross Preview Show. Hopefully, we said some stuff that you guys didn't already know. Hopefully, that we didn't bag on your favorite racer too much. Um, Like I said, really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, Garrett Rockley down in the States, as well as... uh, Jonesy down and uh, uh, I'm sorry Jonesy we didn't talk about Jet Lawrence on this one uh, he'll be on the next one I assume I think he's actually racing east but either way um, yeah appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this podcast uh, we're trying to do these every single Wednesday morning there will be a podcast available on both iTunes and Spotify you can find them uh, they should be able to upload I'm trying to release them around uh, 7 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. So uh, that should be uh, plenty early for uh, for those on uh, on the West Coast. So like I said, appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. If you have some requests or who you'd like to hear from, please let me know. Gladly uh, fulfill that to the best of my abilities. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>